Hang in there, idiot. Smiley Kaufman for 61. Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is The Smiley Show. Welcome back to The Smiley Show. I am excited for today's episode. It's something that I've really been wanting to do for a while, which is preview the next generation of, of breakout talent. Could be out of college, or it could be guys that have been veterans on the PGA Tour before. And to do that, we have brought in our special guest, James Nitties. He is a broadcaster, former professional golfer from the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour. Now you'll hear him on PGA Tour Live, but also, most importantly, the Corn Ferry Tour, covering as an analyst. And he is going to fully discuss all of the 30 guys that just recently got their tour cards in full detail. So this is James Nitties. Up next. We got James Nitties joining the Smiley Show. We were just talking about how we played together on the Corn Ferry Tour back in the day. It's It's been a minute. I know both of our games are probably not as sharp as they used to be. But before we get there into, into the golf conversations, we have to start with the Dallas Cowboys. What what happened, man? Oh, please. Uh, I didn't think I was going to have to talk about this on this golf podcast. Uh, cons- look, considering my wife's a uh, Packers fan, she she's born in Wisconsin, and we went to a Packers bar for the game, oh. and I was quite confident that we were going to come away with the dub, and it was over pretty much after the first 10 minutes of the game. So, yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, I haven't uh, I haven't heard that uh, just enough yet in my life about how the Cowboys just were terrible. Oh, man, I, I just picture you in that Dallas Cowboys star hat. I mean, you, you wore that, like that was your, I mean, I don't know if you were sponsored by the Cowboys, but it seemed like you wore that everywhere around. Yeah, I just found a good hat that fit really well. It's, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was an adopted Texan at the time. I've been in Dallas since 2009. So met Tony Romo at a bar and I was like, he seems like a good guy. Played golf with him since. And that was my reason to go for the Cowboys. I didn't realize that I love it. they were universally hated and uh, <laughs> they weren't going to ever sniff the second round of the playoffs for the last 13 years. So, yes. Uh, I mean, you're so you're from Melbourne, Australia. So... What would be the equivalent to that for the Dallas Cowboys in Australia? So, like, if if I was going to be picking a a rugby team or a cricket team in Australia, what what am I picking? What's what's the team you're recommending? Uh, with the two rugby codes, so the most popular is AFL. Um, I would say Collingwood, the Magpies. The Magpies. Um, that yeah. is an electric team name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, they're probably the most, you know, universally liked and hated at the same time in Melbourne and then rugby league, uh, probably either the Rabbitohs or the Sydney city roosters. So, this, um, I mean, yeah. these are incredible names, the magpies and the Sydney city roosters. Yeah. There's uh, some tenacious uh, lineup of animals there. Really? Um, <laughs> Everyone's really obsessed with with birds and rabbits and and small creatures. Considering I've come from Australia and we have nearly yeah. everything that can kill you, I don't know why we don't have something uh, you know like the the great whites. Actually, my favorite rugby teams the Sharks. So there the you go. Sharks, and that's yeah. uh, where where are they based out of is it Melbourne, uh, Cronulla, which is just a couple an hour north of Sydney. An hour north of Sydney. Okay. Yeah. And any reason why? Just just because you like sharks? Is that the <laughs> That's half the reason. Yeah, I loved one of their players, and then I loved sharks. So it was pretty simple for me. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, is there is it pretty much rugby and then cricket? Like, which one would be the the favorite of an Australian? Like, is it kind of back and forth, or is it rugby's the 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 football, if you will, of America? So it depends where you grew up. So I was born in Melbourne, Australia. I grew up close to closer to Sydney. I moved to Sydney, uh, okay. Newcastle, when I was a young whippersnapper. And um, well, I didn't move. My family moved me there. But uh, <laughs> so it's whatever states you're close to. Like the north northeastern states are more rugby league. Um, the most popular is AFL, Australian football. So they're okay. two separate kind of codes. It's you know too hard to get it, explain how the games work. One's more in the air. And one's more like traditional tackling. And then you've got rugby union, which is pretty much worldwide. It's like you've probably heard of the All Blacks. Um, It's like that's the World Cup was just on. So there's kind of three different codes. AFL is probably the biggest in Australia. Uh, Leagues, my rugby league's my favorite, but rugby unions followed worldwide 
uh, and you have some of those bigger teams. And then there's a whole bunch of rugby's in America, uh, in over in uh, Europe. It's actually catching on a little bit in America, yeah. but it's got a long way to go to catch up to NFL. That's for sure. I mean, I heard like three different codes. I mean, golf was always been pretty, it's, it's turned more complicated than it's ever been. It was pretty simple back in the day when we used to play now with multiple leagues that, that we're dealing with. And then we have the, uh, the general ecosystem that we're used to. I mean, we're going to be talking about a lot of that in this, in this episode, but before we get there, you and I both have made the transition to broadcasting mainly because we couldn't get it in the hole fast enough. But I mean, it's, it really is a way to stay connected in the game for you. How has that transition been? Look, it's, I'm very fortunate to have that transition. I think every professional golfer and professional in the world goes through that period of retirement or not making money like me or not good enough for others where you're like, what do I do for my life now? All I've known how to play is a professional sport and it's a daunting position. So I was, you know, I was like, I, I don't know how to lay brick or build a house or, you know, be a plumber or do anything to make a hen's meet. So for me, it was, I had an opportunity. Um, I actually, when I was still on the Corn Prix Tour and had full status, I got to stick around in Nova Scotia Mm. And after I'd missed a cut, of course, and uh, <laughs> I did some TV work for Golf Channel, just did on course. And the producer was like, hey, man, you're pretty good at this. Uh, call me up when you you want to have a, have a go at it. And for me, it was I still was exempt. I had aspirations of getting back to the PGA Tour, all that sort right. of stuff. And I was like, chuckled it off. But, you know, cut, a, cut it about six, seven years later. And I started to realize that, you know, the game was going in a different direction and my game was going south that um, I would try to take up the opportunity of having that chance. And uh, Golf Channel and Corn Free Tour kind of reached out for me to do a test event. Um, that mm-hmm. was a couple of years ago. And uh, it went pretty well. I, you know, they called me back to do a couple more. And then a couple more events turned into, I think it was my first year, um, which was two years ago, was I did uh, 13 events for PGA Tour Live on ESPN Plus, and I did uh, six events for the Corn Free Tour. So I went from being playing full-time and doing Monday qualifiers and mini tours and trying to get back to the tour to doing nearly 20 events in one season. Yeah. And I was like, hang on a second, you know, I might have something here. I I didn't miss one, one cut, and I got a check <laughs> in my pocket every week. So this is pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of blossomed from there. I did, you know, did a... TV show called One Shot Away on CBS for for the Corn Free Tour, and then uh, podcasting like you for the Corn Free Tour. But you know, you know, so it uh, there's a lot of opportunity. Very lucky to have it. Now it's a it's a pretty cutthroat industry. You would know there's like golf. There's so much talent in the broadcasting space. So you've got to be on your toes. You've got to know your facts, and you've got to be. I think especially in this day and age, you've got to be a little different um, and less kind of mundane. Yeah, no, it's well said. I mean, you're very fun to listen to. If you listen to James, most of you recognize the accent first and foremost. I think that always brings an ear to anyone when they explain something different. It just it has a different tone to it, which I always like. But first off, you're fantastic at what you've been doing as well. I enjoy listening to you. But you you mentioned the Corn Ferry Tour, and that's where most of this conversation is going to be centered around today, which is the class that just came out. You were the analyst all last year, so you, you were very familiar as anyone of, of all these players that just advanced through. And you know, like anybody else in the TV business, how important it is to kind of tell the story of of what's kind of happening that week. Who what are you know who are the players that are competing for what and Particularly in this year, you would say that, or really any year, the Corn Ferry Tour, the storylines every week are just insane because if, if when you win, these guys' lives change. Yes, you said it perfectly. And it's getting to the point, the Corn Ferry Tour now, with the way, as you said, the climate in golf and all the tours around the world, that... I think the Corn Ferry Tour is the second best tour outside of Live um, and the PGA Tour, obviously, but outside of Live. But the, as a feeder tour, I think the Corn Ferry Tour has got some of the greatest talent that's unknown um, to a lot of people out there in the golfing community. So I kind of set up, you know, I went out on my a very rickety small branch and I predicted that we would have four to five 
winners on the PGA Tour this year from this this class mm-hmm. of the Corn Ferry Tour graduates. Now, um, you know, I didn't say it on this podcast, but Grayson Murray, he's a Corn Ferry Tour graduate this yep. year. He has played on the PGA Tour before, but sp- splitting time between two tours, um, it's uh, so that's I, I claim that as a win. That's uh, one under my belt, so I'm getting closer. <laughs> but it's just a testament to the superstars that we have coming off the corn free tour and no one knows about them. If you were like an avid gambler, you'd loved you, you're a golf nerd. I'd be following the corn free tour, you know, every week. Cause you don't know what, which one of these guys that could come out and be the next Ludwig Ober or um, anyone, any, any other guy that's going to maybe be a superstar that's no one, no one has heard of. And so without the tat, like put the talent aside, then you, like you said, the, these guys have, you've got guys that like Eric Cole, who, you know, was a rookie of the year on the PGA tour. Yep. He barely had corn free tour status before he was 35 gets on life changing, you know, no one knew about him. So mm-hmm. he came from the corn free tour. And it's like, you, you have that, those stories of veterans that have just needed an opportunity to get onto the PGA tour and they're going to do something special. And then you've had you got the guys that spend six months on the corn free tour, like coming out of college, and they Pearson Cootie. He's you know yeah. he's already won three times, and he's barely played a season and a half on the corn free tour. So it's a very big contrast. Then I'm sure we'll talk about it, but Hayden Springer he got through Q School yeah um, this season to finally get his first time. He's getting a PGA Tour card. Incredible story about how he lost his daughter three months ago. Mm. Um, and now actually he's playing well this week. He is playing well this week. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on a fair few of those stories, but you're right. It's the spectrum of stories, but also talent. I hate to be that guy that's like, Hey, it's, uh, Billy who's working in a pizza shop and he finally got his chance on the corn ferry and then he's going to go miss 15 cuts and you never hear from again. No, there's, (laughs) there's a lot of really substance like filled stories here, but also a lot of talent off the corn ferry tour. And that's why we brought you in. I mean, you're the expert. You you follow these guys all year. And I'm going to start right at the top. Ben Cole's a guy that's been on the PGA Tour twice. And really, this is the first year that uh, the guy that was the number one player out of this tour, they're fully exempt into not only the Players' Championship, but also the U.S. Open next year, which is an, a, a huge, huge deal to be exempt into both of those major championships. And I'll ask you this, James, for Ben Coles, a guy that won twice last year, basically dominated from the start to finish, made $692,000. His two times that he's been on the PGA Tour, he's finished 148th and 179th on the FedEx Cup. Why do you think it'll be different this time around for Ben Coles? He said it himself. Uh, he's just a change in attitude. Um, you know, he his statistics don't jump off the page. He's won an... He's on the shorter end of the scale of distance off the tee. I think he averages around 295 yards, which is, it's funny these days, we say average is 295 and he's he's not inside the top 80 in driving distance. But he's just said it himself. He Look, he won his first two events on the Corn Free Tour as a professional. So he's a four-time winner. Mm-hmm. But he talked about getting out to the PGA Tour and just not believing in himself. And then if you go watch him play or if what I've seen this season – um, especially when you're in that position of number one on the points list, and then you're able to go back it up by winning like big events while you hold that position. And especially in the, in the final event of the year, the tour championships, he probably should have won. You know, Paul Barjon came from a long way behind to win that tournament. Also got, as you mentioned, got himself yep. a PGA tour card, had the top five actually. Mm-hmm. But the way the way Cole's like it's it's the last event of the year. You're knowing you can you you can lose that number one position. Last season, Carl Yuan, who's playing well this year, he was number yep. one all year, and then Justin Suck came and stole it in the last event to get that number one position. So it's very hard to 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 hold on to. And the way he did it under pressure looked calm, looked like he kind of knew that he was bigger than the Corn Free Tour. He, he'll never say that. But the way he played golf, it, it was almost like, okay, you know, I'm better than most of these guys. I deserve to be back on the tour. So very interesting to see, you know, how he kind of, especially said he settles himself this time round on the PGA tour um, with this new mindset where he's just trying to have a little bit more fun. 
um, not put so much pressure on himself. And, uh, you know, to tie a bow in it, he actually, you, you hear a lot of veterans that have bounced back and forward from the PGA Tour to the Corn Free Tour, and the same thing is said over and over. I need to put less pressure on myself. I need to have more fun, go back to hitting shots. Like it's, it's almost moving away from that robotic game that everyone's mm-hmm. used to playing these days. So, yeah, I think uh, with his new mindset, he could, he could do some damage on the PGA Tour. And not only is that perspective good for Ben Coles, but it's a, it's a good perspective for a broadcaster as well. You know, when I removed myself from the game, I was like, holy crap, I need to have more fun at this. Oh, a hundred percent. And it, and it's actually, it's, it's one kind of piece of advice that I give to players that I've learned as an ex player doing broadcasting is, you know what? Everyone struggles. A lot of guys hit, you know, get bad breaks. A lot of guys get bad bounces most guys hit it in the same areas when they hit a bad shot. So when you're a player, you feel like you're the only one going through it. You're like, well, the world's against me. Everyone else is making every putt. How did that putt stay straight? But then you watch a broadcast or you call one and you're like, he's not making this putt because everyone's <laughs> missed it here. It's all, you know, it's just one of those things I wish I knew when I was a player that, you know what, everyone's going through it. It's, it's, it's a tough game. It, it really is. That was the, one of the first things I realized was how miserable everybody looks out on the golf course and, and the guys that are playing the best are having the most fun, but really hard to tell a guy that when their livelihood is on the line. So uh, with that being said, somebody that really has not really had a ton of struggle in his career from what I could tell, uh, Chan Kim, he was next behind Ben Coles on the points list, finishing second. And I did not realize that he had won eight times already as a professional, mainly on the Japan tour. He's won the order of merit over there. But the thing that stuck out to me was he's a guy that travels with a PC and plays call of duty all the time. So I was like, all right, I'm a fan. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, actually by his peers on the corn free tour. He's one of the best uh, COD players. Yeah. Okay, um, there you go. <laughs> I, I love Chan Kim. Uh, if you have any time to go back and look at the footage or find it on YouTube of him, he'd had a couple drinks after the tour championships. <laughs> Who did? And someone, someone gave him a microphone and he started interviewing all the players that graduated oh, to the PGA man. tour. And it's some of the greatest content and it's, <laughs> It's what golf needs. Um, I love. I need to watch him. that. I need to watch He's, that. Oh, you'll love it. He's got swagger. I like how he can send it and party a little bit. That's kind of fun. You know, the, mm-hmm. in this day and age, no one has any fun off the golf course anymore, except <laughs> if it's, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be sidetracked, but me and Shane Baker, we talk about it on the court. Like we're looking at all the interests of all the players and everyone is exactly the same. It's like, enjoy outdoors. I like Dr. Pepper. Let's go fishing. <laughs> you know, let's go for a long walk. And I'm like, come on, someone just throw something in. But you're right, Chen Kim, uh, eight-time winner on the Jap- Japanese tour. He's played seven majors. Um, he's 33. I think he's been on four different tours. He got to as high as 61st in the, the official world golf rankings wow. when they actually were done mm-hmm. properly and meant something. Mm-hmm. Um and to be honest, I don't think he played that well on the Corn Free Tour. I think, I think the PGA Tour suits his game much better than the Corn Free Tour does. And he kind of said that halfway through the year, he was struggling, um, you know, and he came out and he's like, I need to play more aggressive. I didn't know the Corn Free Tour was like this. I need to change the way I play. And then, bam, rattles off two wins in very convincing, like, style. Um, but uh, I, I think... He was one of the guys I was going to mention. I didn't know how many guys we're going to talk about, but he was one that I was like, <laughs> this this is a guy you need to watch because, yes, he's 33, but flights it beautifully, hits it way up in the air, good wedge player, hits it a long way still. And, uh, you know, if he, he putts well, he's usually yeah. around the league. So what is – for a guy that you say he's 33, is that right? Is that what I heard? Mm-hmm. What would you put like a ceiling on a guy like Chan Kim? Is he a, a, a player that is good enough to contend in major championships? Is, is he like this level of talent you're t- kind of talking about at this at his age? I'm 32. I'm, I'm acting like I'm old, but this is <laughs> the game's so young now. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. Um, I think because of his skill set, his ceiling's still pretty high. It's Look, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, hey, I think he's yeah. going <laughs> to go and do all this stuff. But just – the quality of his game, the quality of how he he's won the Japanese, you know, the Japan golf tour, uh, predominantly difficult golf courses, very yes. tight, very firm tight. and fast greens, long rough. 
um, and and lengthy at times too. And he just dominated that tour. Like he won the Order of Merit three times, I think, and just oh wow, didn't realize yeah, it was, it was three just, times. It, wow. scores he was winning with as one of them. He shot something like thirty two under par, and this was after he, I think he won Q Cornfrey to a Q school here, then flew straight and uh, to Japan, and then won two weeks later over there. So. His wow. game travels. So the the different, you know, Corn Free Tour has a style of golf course. There's about eight yes. or nine courses that are difficult, play up to tour standard. But there's a lot of, you know, pitch and putts, short yardage, golf courses, soft greens. So I think the tour suits his game. I don't know if he's going to rattle off a bunch of majors, but I would not be surprised if he gets comfortable because um, he has played in seven majors and hasn't fared too well. Yeah, that um, yeah, he could definitely flash in majors, but I think he could sneak up and win a PGA mm. Tour event. Okay, well, I'm I'm looking forward to watching. We did some features and stuff on him uh, last week at the Sony Open as a guy that actually grew up. He's he's from South Korea, but actually grew up in Honolulu. So we were doing some features and stuff on Cham. Didn't get a chance to watch him play, but he, sh- I mean, shoot. Got off to a very nice start here at the Amex, shot 8 under 64. So, you like you said, that's more aggressive play. Um, definitely going to be looking out for Chan Kim now. Uh, the the man who finished third behind Chan Kim, I definitely want to get your take on this guy because I've heard so many different things. Alejandro Toasty. Is that how you pronounce it first off, Alejandro Toasty? Yeah, pretty good. It's a great name. You got, it, got it right on. Shot 66 today at the Amex. I've heard nothing but positive reviews about his game. The fact that I'm just, if, if you ask anybody about the corn Ferry tour season last year, it's like, yeah, this guy's really, really good, but he's also a little bit all over the place temper kind of out of control at times. I mean, is, is he the John Rom Tyrrell Hatton of this class? Is that the best way to describe him? Tons of talent, but also just a loose cannon. Yes. A hundred percent. I think he's, he's a, a great Hatton comp, uh, similar size, but, Probably hits it 25 by Hatton. Um, oh, wow. For a kid that he, I think he's 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and he finished third in the driving distance on Corn Ferry oh, Tour. Oh, wow. So, look, I, I get That's insane. Yeah, the shotling stats on Corn Ferry are not as accurate as PGA Tour, but, man, this guy moves it. And a thing he he does well he won on one of the most difficult golf courses on the corn ferry tour and it was shooting a 62 in the final round wow what course which where chan kim uh, was at the pinnacle bank championship omaha yeah omaha yeah. and where chan kim came up to him and he's like dude that's one of the the best rounds i've ever seen shot period <laughs> so we just talked about chan kim and touted him yeah and then we talked about, you know, Alejandro Toasty and his game's so explosive. Now, he is fiery. I've never met the guy because a lot of the broadcasts that I've done aren't on site. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard some stories and, you know, he got disqualified from event for bad behavior. So that doesn't just happen. Like that's that a buildup of like strike one, strike two, strike two and a half, strike three, right? Yeah, it was. Look, I, I don't know if he took out half a grandstand with his putter. I don't, look, I'm, I don't know any stories, but all, all we were surprised because this he just shot, this was a Boise and he just shot 65 in the first round and we see DQ next to his name. And then I'm like, all right, what rules infringement with this? And it wasn't a rules infringement. So it was, it was unbecoming behavior or something like that. We, mm-hmm. we didn't get the full story. Um, he all, he's very opinionated, voices. He's been very fiery. Um, and you know what? I'm here for it. I think golf needs more parity and needs more someone for you to like really be on. I love this guy's style or someone I'm like, well, he's not my cup of tea. So, you know, maybe I'll go for the other guy. So look, he's, he's, he won, he's won on the PGA tour, Latin America, got onto the corn free tour. And he just, you know, tw- 20 months ago, he was 1400th in the world. Mm. And then now he's, uh, he's 107. So yeah, that's not reflective of his talent. Yes, it's uh, it just shows how quickly his game has escalated in the right direction. Um, but yeah, a lot of tool, good tools plays, as I said, plays well on all style of golf courses, hits at a mile, um, and has that has that fiery kind of uh, attitude, which uh, I kind of like. I think we need it. You know, that's kind of a different style of game. It's- 
of the top three from the regular season last year. Ben Cole's a guy that's short, just a guy that understands his game very well. Good putter, Chan Kim, a guy that's won it uh, on the Japan Tour so many different times, it seems like, playing a bunch of majors. And then you got another guy, Alejandro Tosti, who is you know a very long player, but has just kind of come into form and realizing how good he could be. So what a mix of just the top three there. I mean, I think you could go down the list of the top 30 and say that, yeah, there's probably um, maybe some players that have some more talent, but these three kind of, they separate themselves a little bit from from the other guys last year. Oh, definitely. And look, at, I, I've always, I always look at the top 30 and, you know, there's 20 rookies that have never played on the PGA Tour. <laughs> I know. But, I, you know, there's, as I said, I think there's five or six guys that I yeah. think can will win. And it's, yeah. you know, um, you know, we talked about Grayson Murray, but I think Chan Kim was one of those guys. Ben Coles, I think, look, I, I, I think his step and his advancing on the PGA tour, I think he can be very consistent, like get himself into the top 50, be that type yeah. of guy. Yeah. I don't see him coming out and, and, and winning a couple of times, mm-hmm. but then the other two guys like toasty, I can, I can see you ruining see a lot of people's lunches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Chan Kim, another guy that could miss a fit, you know, a couple cuts here and there, but then just gets so insanely hot that we'll just post a score. Like, mm-hmm. you know, his two, his two wins, he, you know, Boise, he nearly, nearly set the scoring record. He pulled off a Which little bit. Which is low there. <laughs> yeah, considering Boise, uh, a guy played in, so it was David Coker was, you know, only a couple groups in front of Chan Kim, right? So you're thinking yeah. final day, you're a couple groups in front of the leader. Coker shot 59 and still didn't win the tournament. So just there you go. There's a little, uh, you know, a little taste. Of, we That's did the storylines we're talking about as a broadcaster you have to deal with. You know, these these guys' lives are changing. But then now you got to deal with a guy that shoots 59 and then another guy who's in the lead that ends up shooting. What did Chan Kim shoot on Sunday to win? Seven under. So Yeah, it's just it, like, it, wow. You know, it, <laughs> Electric. Don't get me started on the corn. Like we had three fifty nines this season alone, last season alone, and not one of those guys won the tournament. So it just <laughs> you've got to go low. Now that's a 30s. stat. <laughs> that stat might show about your Buffalo Wild Wings on trivia night. <laughs> so exactly. So it's if if that's not entertaining enough to tune into the corn fairy tour, I don't know yeah. what is. You know. Yeah, I like birdies personally. I don't like bogeys. Um, well, we're going to touch on a lot of other guys, and I think this is probably the most intriguing maybe story of the entire class of 30s. You got two two brothers that are fraternal twins, Pearson Cootie and Parker Cootie, both playing uh, together at Texas. And Pearson, like you mentioned, has won three times already on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is hard to believe. Uh, there was a, two seasons involved in that. But um, I've seen Pearson play, and I'm very impressed with his game. Solomon Colonial, haven't seen Parker get play yet but to you what sticks out the most about their games what do you like and also who are you picking to win first on the pga tour between the two Whew. it's uh yeah if you asked me this question around about six months ago i said pearson hands down but uh well, quick side trivia do you know any of any other twins to have held a pga tour card uh that'll be I believe it's Alan and Curtis Strange. Oh, wow. I yeah. thought I would have stumped you there. Yeah, Very nicely I do, I do done. my homework. I do my homework. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Uh, Derek and Daryl Fathauer played in uh, PGO Tour events, but both didn't have full status. And then actually, Loved um, you got Jeremy Paul that just won Corn, Corn Free Tour event in the yeah, Bahamas. I recognized him. Yeah, he's and brother is, Yannick, Yannick Paul. I was so, like, I know this guy, but like, why do I know him? It's like Jeremy. <laughs> that, I'm so glad you told me that because that was bothering yeah. the crap out of me. It was like this. This guy looks like Yannick. <laughs> yeah, and they actually did a, a prank one day on the Corn Free Tour where one of them switched out every so so often holes and and were trying to like put their pro am partners in a position where they <laughs> is this the same guy? You know, is this, uh, it worked perfectly. But, oh, um, that's great. That's yeah, great. so it's I don't know the boom of the twins in professional golf. You, you know, you got the Hoygaard brothers too. So it's uh, uh, yeah. there you go. I don't know what's going on, but it's crazy <laughs> stuff. But look, you said it. Pearson Cootie burst onto the scene. Uh, he won PGA Tour University 
he was the, you know, he's a guy that came out. Then he won his third event. Um, like you said, um, has won three times in in 33 events on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I would have just put him, you know, he nearly won. He, he was right there in one of the final groups at the Arnold Palmer Invitational yeah. with a sponsor's exemption. Mm-hmm. So that. At, at that point, I was like, okay, this guy's built for the PGA Tour. Um, he, the only, the only thing I would say about Pearson that I've noticed is he gets anxious for some reason. He gets a lot more tighter hmm. than Parker. So it's, uh, you know, you're meeting them, talking to them. Parker's a lot more chill um, and Pearson's more focused. So, I mean, he talked about it. He, he went through some wrist injuries. Actually, both of them back at school, uh, I know I'm getting a little sidetracked again. They're in a relay race together and they're so competitive. They do everything together. They bust through the finish line and ran into the barrier and both <laughs> broke an arm in the exact same spot, like part of their Wait, arm in the exact same up. spot. So, um, but yes, uh, Pearson, he has the pedigree. He's shown it. Uh, he won in Springfield last season on the Corn Ferry Tour. Parker finished second. Yeah. But Parker's had to take a different approach. Uh, you know, Pearson burst onto the scene one early on the Corn Ferry Tour. Parker had to go to PGA Tour Canada. Yeah. Then he won out there, still didn't get guaranteed uh, Corn Ferry Tour status. You know, he got conditional status heading into last season. Um, through the middle of the year, he he barely was into any events. Then he Monday right, qualifies in, right. into Kansas City, finishes fifth off the back of the Monday qualifier, and then just picked up steam. You mm. saw Pearson went, excuse me, Pearson went to the PGA Tour, played like four or five events on sponsors exemptions. And, well, and then Parker started just picking up steam and, and playing well in an event. And then he, he kind of got that confidence that where he's like, okay, you know, I've competed with my brother all these years. I know I'm as good as him, but now I'm kind of the one in form on the Corn Ferry Tour. Then mm-hmm. Pearson came back and he's like, I need to focus a little bit back more on Corn Ferry Tour. And then they both just finished the season off really strong. So if you were to watch them play, they both swing it fairly similar. They both hit it very similar. Yeah. Very short, stocky guys that hit it a long way too, but their their like kind of secret weapon is it's like they've been a veteran pro for years. Mm. The the way they act, the the way their attitudes are, um, how competitive and focused they are. They know to lean on each other for advice, and you know they they compete, but they know it's like such a, a great kind of advantage to be able to use each other, travel with right. each other. So, yes, they they were two guys. You know, I've, I've got a list here of guys that I wanted to tell you that I think might have a chance of you know winning this year or keep an eye on guys. Mm-hmm. And you've you've hit pretty much all of them so far. <laughs> well, I, as I was thinking about the twins list as well, you mentioned a couple of we had on this podcast. We had David and Maxwell Ford, North Carolina players that will eventually be on the Corn Ferry Tour. They're both like top 50 in the amateur world golf rankings. But just thinking about twins, it's like, okay, there's that. And then the, the also the personalities of Pearson um, and Parker remind me when you were talking about how Pearson's a little bit more wound up. Parker's a little bit more chill, laid back. That reminds me of Matthew and Alex Fitzpatrick. Matthew's like very like focused, like um more by the book and everything i hear about alex he's like chill laid back so there's there's kind of some some different uh different brother combos that maybe not are twins that are kind of relatable to these two so very fun to getting i'm looking forward to getting to know those kids better but uh definitely some great insight but i know the guy that has to be your favorite player on the corn Ferry tour for this next year and it has to start with the mustache it's Chandler Phillips right ah my my favorite tombstone Chandler (laughs) Phillips (laughs) I love Chandler Phillips he's uh this what a guy to come out he burst onto the scene he played in some you know pretty spectacular I think it was a was it a Walker Cup team that he was on that was just insane um he actually he talks about a pretty funny story about how he, he was in Japan uh, you know, he's a young country boy. He loves hunting more than mm-hmm. he does golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won't admit that. He always, because he has to be media friendly, he'll, 
He'll always say that he likes golf just a little bit better, but there's no he's, chance. He's the Sam Burns of like this class. <laughs> oh, yes. And look, just so, so in genuine and enthralling. And it's almost talking to an old man that's been, you know, in the world for 90 years when you, you listen to him talk. He's just, he's just very thoughtful, thinks about his answers. Um, so, don't let looks deceive you. The mustache, obviously, you know, I'm a lover of a mustache. And, uh, yeah, he's just uh, – he's an explosive player. He's You look at his golf swing, a lot of baseball tendencies. Um, mm. Said he played a little baseball when he was a kid, but he's he kind of, you know, it, it, so you're like Yako Neiman, like a little bit like that kind yeah. of low rotation through the ball. Um, but very, very good top to bottom uh, he lights up a stat sheet, hits it not not as far as you probably would like, but not short by any means. Mm-hmm. But he he almost he's he's another one of those players that kind of ne- needs to get himself in contention, and then he stays there like a tick. He's a very good mm-hmm. competitor. Um, so he, you know he can get a little bit sidetracked here and there. But and this is when I say that, like it, the Corn Free Tour, all these guys they're on the range from sun up to sundown. <laughs> There, there's no when I say sight, like he might, you know, lose interest a little bit. We're talking about it's one percent of the time where he might think of uh, how the ducks are flying or, you know, how early he's getting up in the morning. So it's uh, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites. Said his favorite movie is Tombstone, but but just an interesting cat, very interesting. Like you look at him, and you know, he, he flies under the radar a little bit because he's kind of you know short and quiet, sticks to himself. But man, he lights up a he lights up a microphone. He tells a story about how he was because he went to uh, Texas A and M, um, and he's on the range just shelling balls, but didn't have his golf clubs there. And there was a there was a girl. I think he was with Sam Bennett there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, it was getting late. They probably spend hours on the range practicing, as you do in the college days. And you know, one of the girls' team was just there hitting balls, and he just kind of grabbed her driver. And he just sent one and he's like, wow, man, that's pretty good right there. <laughs> and it's just, that's sort of my poor attempt at a Southern accent, <laughs> but he did it again and again. And then he's like, the next day he calls up the ping rep and he's like, I need a driver with this shaft in it. And it's a stock stiff shaft that you could find at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, you know, not a telephone pole, like firm flex. Yeah. And he used it like. Unfortunately, he's not using it. No, like, like, man, I was hoping the end he still of the was Corn it. Tour. He just stopped using it. But I mean, pretty much got his PGA Tour card because of that driver. Because and he's a lefty, he was, right? No, no, he's a righty. But he's man, a righty. I don't know why I was thinking he was a lefty. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great story. Just to, the fact that he, he was using, you know, pretty much a regular flex driver for a long time, and and the ping rep was like, "What are you talking about? I don't even know if we had these on the truck." So. <laughs> It's uh yeah he he's uh he's one to watch um I'd like to see him get comfortable out there because mm-hmm. he did talk about how um you know he's it's a, it's a new thing for him it's like it is for all the rookies but I think when he gets comfortable um and kind of believes it's his place that you'll see him flash yeah talents there I mean kind of breeze who to get his card um I think he finished in that top ten let's see I had him at right at number 10 so yeah that's really kind of flying through that's not a you're not quite worried about it when you're at 10 but when you're around 30 that's for things to get a little crazy um and i'm really actually interested in this next answer of yours because this is kind of the you know if you were you know mel kuyper or todd mcshay and you're trying to figure out a draft board of you know who's got the most talent of this draft class and i think there are a bunch of potential options here and i'm curious which way you're heading on which player is the most talented in this class oh and look it's it's probably a toss-up between two guys and it when i when we talk about talent it's it's the eye test it's the stat sheet it's the Mm -hmm. attitude it's like it's a combination it's look i i think the secret to golf these days like everyone hits it good but the secret is to use momentum to your advantage. I mean, you, you have to be able to get hot, stay hot um, under extreme pressure and especially on the corn free tour. 
So the guy is obviously one of the hottest guys to burst onto the corn free tour. And, and look, everyone's talking about him. I've been talking. I was yelling from the rooftops to this guy to get on the Ryder Cup team. Um, and people were like, you're nuts. Like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. You know, he's been out of college six months. But you said it before, ADDC, Adrian de Montdechisar, the Bel- big Belgium, 6'2", attractive kid, walks down the range as a rookie, I've said this on another podcast, but even the veterans that don't, they're, they're kind of turning around like, who is this guy? Like mm-hmm. he, he has a mm-hmm. presence and he hasn't been, as I said, hasn't been pro for more than six months. And, um, you know, he played his first event as a professional on the Corn Ferry Tour out of college and won. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we'll it. see, you know, like, did he get lucky? You know, he was pretty good in PGA Tour University, didn't win, finished third there. But, you know, obviously Ludwig, won the PGA Tour University, didn't sniff the Corn Free Tour because he's the next prodigy. But mm-hmm. Adrian came out, he wins his first event, and then I'm, you know, I'm just casually sipping on a, a, a nice brew and I'm checking the leaderboard and who's in the lead again in his second event and who loses in a playoff. So he, he should have he won his first two <laughs> events in a row. Crazy. So then he rattled off four more top tens to tie the Corn Free Tour record of, top 10 consecutive top 10s in your debut. So it's um, look, I watched him on the range and it was a severe left to right breeze. I was sweating and I wasn't even hitting a shot. I'm like, I couldn't, wouldn't be able to keep this within a 50 yard radius with a driver. And he was moving it both ways comfortably. This was 15 Mm. minutes before he teed off in another event where he had a top 10. And I'm like, Okay, this is, I, you know, because I try to write the right notes, watch the way guys move, watch them play some holes, and this guy just had it all. Now, he hasn't played great since, um, and I was a little worried because I was being touting him for so long, and <laughs> then he comes out in his first event on, at Sony and finishes down the bottom of the leaderboard. But, you know, he's playing pretty well this week, got off to a good start. He's, he's six under after the first round. So one, another guy that's kind of a Ludwig 2.0, I think, um, and just kind of knows it, has a very, very does interviews well, very calm nature, uh, never looks stressed, but has the eye test, has the presence, um, and then just the way he plays and fills up the stat sheet, he he real. I really think he's a he's a guy that could go to the next level. And you you had two guys in mind. So who who is the other one? Um, Chris Goddard. Uh Do you know what's so Goddard. funny about this? I, I sat here and wrote down which rookie from this class would you say is the most talent? Do you want to know who I wrote down? Two names. ADDC and Chris Goddard. Yep. Those are the two names I wrote down. (laughs) Yep. I was like, so I'm, you know, I wrote some notes down and I'm like, okay, who's he going to want to talk about? You know, we can't talk about all 30. Oh, even though I'd love to, because everyone's got a great story, but Mm -hmm. what what are the guys, but got her another one. So yeah, these were the two where I'd be like, I'd be surprised if got her didn't win. He didn't win on the corn free tour, but another guy that I think suits the PGA tour better hits it. 330 on average with a baby trade and it's low i'm just like how does this ball that's this low carry this far i played with him in in puerto rico and he was still maybe he's still in college i think he was at oklahoma just getting out and like i can't keep it on the map and this dude is just absolutely bombing the ball and then his irons were great too and and if i was caddying for him that week he would have won i really do think if he would have known what he was doing he would have won the golf tournament oh it's He's a great wedge player, you know, a bit streaky with the putter, but everyone is when you hit it that great. Um, yeah, the driver's – he's accurate. It's something like 65% accuracy and hits these, like, bombs. Like you said, it's 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 a it's, it feels like it's a steep angle of attack because they look like like little fairway finder cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go miles. I mean, he was, he was busting it by Cam Champ when he played with him. I think it was a 3M Open. Um and it's he's not an ego guy, so he's very like I try to get stuff out. I did a couple of interviews with him, and I tried to get him to admit he's that he was better than most guys. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just out here to do the best I can. And but he didn't win, but he's already had two top tens on the PGA Tour. Like I think Puerto Rico. I'm not sure if yeah that he should have won that week. I, I, so I, I think he top ten. <laughs> yeah, so he finished seventh as an amateur. I think yeah. 
Um, and then he nearly won John Deere, finished fourth there uh, on a sponsor's exemption. So he's made a ton of cuts on the PGA Tour already. Um, the Corn Free Tour, he was he plays well on all style of golf courses. Like he didn't win, but he he finished in the top three, top five on mm-hmm. easy and tough golf courses. Um, but I feel like he could have, if he put it all together, like you said, he could have won by three or four in certain events. Like, so he's, but very, very, you know, was right there at the end of the year when there was pressure on him to make, sh- you know, cause he's the guy that everyone is like, dude, why are you out here on the corn free tour? You should be on the PGA tour. So a little added pressure from the outside, but in his interviews, especially kind of gave up a lead at the um, Simmons bank open. Mm. Uh, where he was right there tied to the lead with about three or four holes, made a, a, a very soft bogey coming down the stretch. Um, but he was like, you know what? I'm confident where my game is. I'm I'm confident I'm going to get my PGA Tour card. Um, I'm very, you know, so the fact that you're in contention and you're leaving shots on the golf course, it's almost a good weapon to have because yeah. you know yeah. that that's not your best stuff. Um, so... Yeah, he's been my favorite for a long time. I've spent a lot of time with him. Great guy, um, you know, and I just, I think the tour, I've said this about a couple of these guys, but I, I think the tour actually suits his game better than the Corn Free mm-hmm. Tour. Yeah. So um, once again, it's just going to come down to if he gets comfortable and he starts hitting that driver as accurate and as long as he does and he dials in his wedge play, makes a couple parts, he'll be right there. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that probably gets, is close to leading the tour in birdies or par, par five in birdies as far as those percentages go. Mm-hmm. And when I when I watch talent and kind of how I evaluate it, you know, like, can I compare you to anybody else? And for Chris Goddard, from his just general talent, I mean, you can say, you know, he, the game comes supernatural to him. He doesn't look like he's having to think very hard. It just, everything just seems very easy. And I think when when you can kind of look at that and say like, is he kind of like Dustin, but he's, he's kind of in his own category. And when you have guys that are like just so totally different than what everybody else is doing, it's like, that is, that's talent. That's raw talent. A guy that James Zinnies, if he's the GM for the Dallas Cowboys, he's drafting that guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, 100%. And he's, yeah, you're trying to find a comp for him on the PGA tour. I think it's a hybrid between like, you know, Cam Champ and Dustin yeah, Johnson. That's kind of um, what I had too. Yeah. So it's, but he, you know, he's probably got, he hits it like Cam Champ, but he hits it straighter and he's got a better wedge game. maybe similar to a little bit of Dustin, but yeah. He's got to work on it. Yeah. He's exactly, it's, it's just, you know, it's, he's a rookie again. So yeah, it's play, he's yeah. played PGA Tour events, but <laughs> this is a guy that's been around for a long time and been great. Yeah. I mean, how about that, though? Uh, you and I both writing those two names down is, is pretty epic. Uh, for 30 guys, you know, you could have gone a lot of different directions there, and, and you and I both were on the same page. But I didn't write anything down for this next question, which is who is your sleeper for this class? The player that maybe is a little bit under the radar that you think is got a little bit more potential than maybe he believes or maybe just kind of what meets your eye? Oh, it's, uh, this guy's got a, so much potential and he, unfortunately, he's a guy that I think will miss a bunch of cuts mm-hmm. and then he'll burst on the scene and, and could be leading at a, a huge event by four or five. And you definitely have heard of him. I'm sure he might've been, Hey, no, he's a little bit after your era, but Norman Jong, um, mm-hmm. just, and like your reaction right now, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep, I've yep. heard of him. So, you know, he was he was the, the story John Rahm. coming out. He was John Rahm before. Yeah. Uh, John Rahm was John Rahm. Like the, I think Haskins, Nicholas Award, Casey Martin at Oregon said that this guy is the closest comp I've ever seen to Tiger Woods in my life. So, you know, it's pretty huge. <laughs> and he, he had all this expectation coming out of college, broken every record. Yeah. He won a million times. Um, signed a huge, huge contract. Huge. I remember so, everybody was talking about it, and then he yes. gets out there, and there just is nothing. We're like, what in the world is going on? And and does nothing for a long time. I mean, Norm, like they call him the Panda is his nickname. I'm sure you'll be touting him, but he was he's only 25, but he's still young. 
he's only had two years of status on the Corn Ferry Tour. And it was, no, he has had three years. Sorry, his first season on the Corn Ferry Tour was straight out of college. And I think he made five of 21 cuts. Mm. So then after that, went disappeared. Like sponsors exemptions, milked everything out of what everyone thought he was going to be. And then comes in two, 2018, Monday qualifies into Wichita uh, Corn Ferry Tour yep. and and wins. And yep. not only wins, but wins by – sorry, not 20. It was, this, this was 2022. Yeah. Not only wins, but wins by five over Pierce and Cootie. Mm-hmm. So – but you Monday qualify and then you go on to win. And I think he shot 31 under or something, something ridiculous. <laughs> and then um, once again, this season, he's been a little bit up and down but then has given himself opportunity. But it was the way that he got it done at one of the most difficult golf courses on the Corn Ferry Tour in the playoffs at one of the most difficult style of weather conditions slash course conditions. It was almost a U.S. Open. And what he course? was battling. It was Scarlet Course in Ohio. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Brutal <laughs> golf. You, I mean, you yes. know how tough that golf course is. But it was cold. It was firm, fast. It's one mm-hmm. of the longest courses on the Corn Ferry Tour. Longest rough. Guys were, you know, you, you could barely see below their shins at, in the rough. Um, players were complaining that it was too hard, which I loved. It was a great broadcast. So, and then you got Nor- your Chandler Phillips was playing well. Norman, But Norman Jong came into the last round. He's right there. Wakes up with a, a neck injury. Thought he would possibly have to withdraw. So he took a bunch of painkillers. He's stretching. He's doing all the hit seven golf balls before the final round. Goes out and plays one of the most flawless rounds I've seen to comfortably win by four. I think he shot sixty five or sixty six in the final round. That's stupid out there. Did it easy, um, comfortably winning. And I just think he's a sleeper. Not a guy you would bet on season round because I feel like he will miss a lot of cuts. But the type of guy that you'd be, he could just come out and be leading by six shots through two rounds, and you're like, "Who's he? where is this guy?" And everyone will be like, "Oh yeah, Norman Jong, I remember him." But don't realize that he's just gone through the doldrums and the muck of you know engulfing terms of where he was when he came out of college and and now as a professional. But look out for him as a sleeper. Um, once again, hits it so far, but just is electric, doesn't phase him difficult golf. Like he was hitting shots from fairway bunkers where I'm on the broadcast. He's making me look stupid because I'm like, <laughs> well, I want to hit this one out short of the green, you know, he's a high lip there and he's got 200 yards. He's hitting an eight iron. Oh no, he hits it to six feet and makes birdie. So just, uh, you know, not fun for a broadcaster when you're trying to cover a guy that has the talent of him because trying to, Make it relatable to the general public that's watching is very, very difficult. So, uh, but uh, he'd be a fun guy to go watch play. You know, as far as his character goes, he's pretty quiet, doesn't mm-hmm. do interviews. We barely heard him talk all season. That's why the Chan Kim interview at the Tour Championships was amazing because he actually got him to talk. I think he said like three words. So, but he's a super nice guy. Everyone's, yeah. you know, all his teammates, you know, he's, he, he just doesn't do interviews. I don't know why. He just got yeah, told okay. not to, to speak. So there's a little a sidebar you can you, yeah, you'll noted. be able to unfold noted. for the year. <laughs> noted. Well, the, uh, the last kind of question I have of, of this, all these categories I've kind of come up with is, you know, all the all the people that are listening or watching or, you know, have a better idea of, of kind of some of these players. But for those that that maybe we didn't mention or even the ones that we did, um, who would you be rooting for the most next year or this year? Excuse me. We're already well, playing golf. <laughs> that's, um, there's some fantastic stories. Um, we just talked about Hayden Springer. Now he wasn't a corn free tour graduate, but he, mm-hmm. he got through and received one of the five cards at final stage Q school. Um, presented by Corn Ferry. Always meant to say that. But um, <laughs> he's a guy that I played mini tour, you know, at the end of my career, I played a lot of mini tour golf with. He lost his daughter to Trisomy 18. She was three years old. She passed away three months ago. Um, she, you know, just a tough, tough, you know, they, the doctors said that she wasn't going to live past maybe 12 months. Mm. So the fact that, you know, 
she she held on and and the family you know supported everything around him around Hayden's golf Hayden having to do, deal with that look it's mm. it's a deep story I, you know I'd suggest go read it on NBC yeah, Sports yeah, did a great article but it also gets you know kind of put aside of how good of golf he's been playing of late mm-hmm. um he won two of his last three events on PGA Tour Canada to get number one on the points list. That got him into final stage Q school, also got him his corn Free Tour card. So he was kind of free rolling at Q school. But it came down to he was comfortably inside the number. Now, back in the day, there used to be 25, 30 cards at Q school when mm-hmm. I got my card. Yeah. So – now five, the number switches so quickly that you can make a bogey or a double and you're way <laughs> exactly. outside the number. So he was three shots inside and hit it in the water on 17, the second yeah. last hole. We saw that and, with Julian Surrey, right? Like he was the one that – Oh, Surrey was stretch, another right? one. He hit a yeah. shank on the final hole to cost mm-hmm. him his corn free to a card. But Hayden had to get up and down for bogey out, out of the greenside bunker. And then he had to – he could bogey the last, which was – you know, after making a great bogey on 17. You can double that last hole. Easy. You double yeah. 17. As I think well. I've so done it. <laughs> he came down, found the green in two. Um, awesome story for him to get through. Playing great this week, off to a flyer. I think he shot, what did he shoot, 62 today at the American, first round yeah, of the American Express? Yeah. Yeah. So there great story there. You know, he's hits it a mile, hits it big guy. He's You look at him because he's a gentle giant. Me and Bacon were having this kind of argument. I was like, who do you think is one of the biggest guys on Corn Free Tour? And he's like, you know, Patrick Fishburn. He's a big guy. Uh, and I'm like, dude, Hayden, Hayden Springer is uh, he's like 6'4", 220, 230. So <laughs> sets up to it like Rory. Doesn't have the same swing as Rory, but bombs it. Um, talented guy. Uh, it'd be good for him to get off to a good start in the season, um, kind of, you know, set it comfortable, get comfortable. Um, so watch out for him. Another cool story, Tom Whitney, uh, yeah. grad, graduate of uh, the Air Force Academy, he, you know, served four years in the Air Force. Uh, only There's only been two guys to ever get a PGA Tour card out of the Air Force Academy. It's Tom Whitney. And it's uh, last year, uh, who did it? It was with Kyle Westmoreland. Kyle mm, Westmoreland yep. was the first guy to do it. And Tom Whitney was the second guy to do it. I know Tom, fantastic guy, wife, three kids, veteran, 35-year-old, never played on the PGA Tour. What his job was at the Air Force Academy or in the Air Force when he was active service was he was a nuclear missile controller. That's so, a big button. That's a big that button. That is you a huge press. button. So he's spending, I don't know how many, it was hours on end underground around these explosive devices that could <laughs> do some serious damage. And he was, you know, the pressure of, am I going to get a call? Is something going to have to go down? So um, what a story there. He's another guy that can get hot. He's playing well this week too. So. Yeah. Um, that's a fun one. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple there. And last one, like another guy that is one to watch. He's one of my favorite guys, Jake Knapp. He, um, probably the biggest arms on the corn free tour and will rival for the biggest on the PGA tour. He's, uh, he was longest on the corn free tour off the tee, but because of his wingspan. Yes. Huge wingspan wingspan. and muscles. Not the tallest guy, but. He was a security guard at a restaurant called the Country Club that turned into a nightclub for later on festivities. Not only, maybe about a year and a half ago, he was doing that in the summers to make a little cash on the side. So anyone that can be a security guard and hits it that far, number one on the tour, and made 14 cuts in a row, set a record on the Corn Free Tour. So he's consistent. So look, watch out for him. So that's another cool story, but... You're going to have to get to know all these guys because I'm sure they're going to be flashing on uh, the, the old NBC coverage uh, a fair few times. Well, you don't have to convince me on Jake Knapp. My, my producer, when we did the topical episode uh, recently, when we were trying to pick who was going to win Rookie of the Year, my pick was for Jake Knapp, mainly due to his consistency. I like a guy that, that, that makes a lot of cuts, and then if he has a hot week or so, then, hey, that's about what you need to – You know, it's kind of what Eric Cole did. He didn't win um, on the PGA Tour to – 
to win that award. So um, it can be done without winning. But I mean, from what we saw at the beginning of this class, and we've talked about Grayson Murray a little bit, and this is kind of how we'll close this section. I mean, Grayson Murray has already won on the PGA Tour before, but now being in this class, uh, I guess he, he won't be eligible for Rookie of the Year because he's not technically a rookie. I didn't think about that. So no. who is going to win Rookie of the Year? That's the question. And I was going to say, we already know Grayson's won, but he's already been on the tour. So who you got? I got oh. Jake Knapp. <laughs> I already like picked it. it. I can't take There's no take backs. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll go as far to say, I want to I say ADDC. I want to say Goderip. But I'll go toasty. I'll just, you know, just let's throw something in the fire and just let it burn. Like, let's just see <laughs> if uh, we can ruffle some feathers with toasty, get in rookie of the year. Um, another another guy that we didn't talk about, but Joe Highsmith, he's another guy that will go under the radar that could sneakily be very, very consistent on the PGA Tour if injuries, you know, he suffered from some injuries. But, yeah, let's, let's run with toasty. Uh, you can run with your boy, Nap and uh, yeah, the the old uh, revision of all these predictions will be pretty interesting at the end of the year because I'm like Oprah, I could give all these guys wins. <laughs> like you can have a win, you can have a win. Exactly, so I'm the same way. Uh, for me, I just hope that we get four or five corn free to a graduate or Q school wins, so I can act like I was right on something. I mean, I'm an optimist like you. I mean, on the broadcast, you just. I mean, you got to have a sense of pride too, you know, when you cover these players and then you see them go on to win and and you know how much it changes their lives. But also you cover them when, you know, they didn't have all the money and, and the, the stars and all the media attention and being, you know, just so popular wherever they're from. So to you, that's got to be an enjoyment of the job too, right? Look, I love the Corn Free Tour. I spent the majority of my professional life on the Corn Free Tour. It's it's more homely out there. Everyone gets to know each other. Everyone hangs out. It's, uh, yeah, everyone roots each other on. Everyone wants people to play well. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as much as a business as the PGA Tour is. And so, yeah, it's pretty close to my heart. And and the fact that I get to know these guys throughout the season, um, you know, it almost feels like you, you got friends going out and you just want to be proud and see them do yeah. well. So, you know, these guys are probably like, who's Nitty's never heard of him, never talked to him. <laughs> but... Uh, little did I know that, uh, no, we, we really pride ourselves in, in, in knowing the stories and enjoying them when they come true for these guys. And, and like, you know, uh, one of the coolest things about the corn Ferry tour is the truck. I mean, oh. the truck is what everybody, I mean, people that are like, wait, what is the truck? The truck is where everything goes down. If you, if you win a golf tournament, you get to go and you, you sign the great white, which is the big cooler, which has all of the alcohol in there for after a big win. And then you get to sign the great white. And that was like the coolest thing, like being a, I think I was 23 years old when I won and, and, uh, those guys couldn't have been more nice. And all they said was, okay, whenever you leave us and you go to the PJ tour, the only thing you have to do, you have to sign, uh, the major championship flag that you win and send it back to us on the truck. So there's that homey type of vibe and uh, for not only just the officials, but the players that have been there long enough buy into kind of, it, it is just a, it's a big family that unfortunately they're all competing for, for jobs, but it's, it is a great place to play uh, professional golf. Oh, they a hundred percent. And look, Alex Baldwin's doing a great job with the tour. She's trying to, to move it in in a way where it still feels like that. She's really passionate. Um, Also, you mentioned like everyone, everyone involved with the corn free tour from the media to the rules officials, they're all, they've all been there kind of for a long time. And, and then you go to the truck, you said after winning, you know, you get to sign gray white. I, I got to sign it once you get to have a couple beers, but you know what? If you come off the course and you have a rough day, that's the boys are always there, there for you. Yeah. They're like, come on in nitties. We'll, we'll sort you <laughs> just out. Talk it out. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're, it's like, they're it's like, like, therapy. Parent, <laughs> like the good parent, like everyone, you know, we talk about good parents or friends that are just there for you for a hug when you need it. And, uh, they do everything for you. No one knows what goes on in the truck, but, but what goes on is everything. They do everything from, from rules to scoring to food to, you know, the, a lonely beer or even to fixing ropes. <laughs> Everything goes on in the truck. And, uh, yeah, no, the, the, they're great in there. They look after everyone. 
And then the truck tournament, I played in that a couple of times. That's also good fun. I'm sure you played as well. <laughs> I've never played. I, I've oh, never, you never played. The invite, oh. it's, yeah, probably back in Australia or something. But yeah, I heard it's uh, it's an epic time where ma- many uh, fun times are consumed. <laughs> yes, yes. And things are on the up on the Corn Ferry Tour. Last last year, um, I have the stat. It, they, they were pay, play, playing for increased purses. $28 million last year and the year. I mean, that's up from 37% from the year before, which was at 20.35 million. So now they're playing for more money on a weekly basis and the finals they're playing for $1.5 million purses. Love to see those continue to go up. The ecosystem's kind of changing, but as you kind of look forward to 2024 and, and kind of where the purses are at, um, you know, where do you, what are you most looking forward to with the 2024 season besides the storylines, just like the tour as a whole? It's look, we've, they've added another event to the broadcast, the the club car championship in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look, I see a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and there's just a, a big push, not only to, to make the tour as good as it can be to make it better for the players, but to, to kind of, not move in a different way of the PGA tour, but, but help these guys be the stars that they are like kind of put them on a little bit of a pedestal and not to say that they're in a feeder tour or they haven't Mm -hmm. made it yet. So it's, it's almost like looking after the players to where they feel like they've, they've succeeded somewhat in professional golf being on the corn free tour. So just, I remember when there was times where it just wasn't a fun place for me to play and it wasn't because of how it was run. It was just a grind. And, I think they're trying to help the players out more in that retrospect that everything's gotten better with, you know, everyone's doing more to make it feel like a big tour for the players. Mm. So I'm just excited to see, look, I'd love some rotational changes. I would love, you know, different golf courses. I I really feel like if you had some championship golf courses, it would shine through on the broadcast. You would get a lot more eyeballs um but Hmm. we're we're trying we're trying to make this something fun uh try to create a new avenue for younger viewers to come and watch Mm -hmm. something exciting um we you know me and shane bacon have a great time on the broadcast it's uh you know it's kind of fun jovial with also being you know descriptive about all these guys but yeah i'm just I'm looking forward to to being a part of what I think is a, a tour that could really shine and it's going in the right direction. So not only for the players, but for the viewership on TV and uh, just just for the chatter of like, like we've had, I could we could talk for hours about most of these guys, how <laughs> yes. diverse the stories are. And yeah. it's just a, it's good to see that bloom from the corn free tour. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I just want it to get more, uh, you know, more in the limelight and a, a little bit more viewership and, uh, and fun for all. Well, you got me excited about these next, this next wave of stars that are coming that I'm sure will come out of this 2024 corn Ferry tour season. And, and James, thank you for coming on. We could have, we could have done this probably for another hour. I actually had an entire another section uh, of things for us to talk about. So you're going to have to come back on to break all this other stuff down when it comes to the ecosystem of the game of golf that we're just going to have to get into later. But we, I feel like, touched for the most part, you know, a good chunk of the Corn Ferry Tour graduates this past year. And I think I know, at least I got a ton of great nuggets uh, that you gave us, but feel like I'm much more prepared to know who I'm going to watch when I'm out on the grounds watching these boys on the PGA tour. And, um, and as always, thank you. Sorry about your Cowboys. And, uh, as always, uh, rooting for you and, and you're doing a great job and, and thank you for coming on. We're going to do this again, man. Anytime, mate. Yeah. Sorry. I can uh, talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles with the best of them. So I <laughs> love great, it. man. It's, uh, anything corn furry, you know, I'm in for anything golf really. And it's yeah, been an absolute yeah, yeah. blast. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again sometime. And uh, until then, I'll see you soon. Sounds good, mate. Take it easy. See you, buddy. The Smiley Show is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.